damn well right better give him a contract extension. You damn well right better make him the manager over the next series of years. We used heart attack. Managers on a major league baseball team don't make decisions. Credibility in this situation is worse than losing your job. Was it over with the Jeremy's Bomb Pearl Harbor? The castration of the major league baseball managers, we know it. Ask me about my winner. What's going on, everybody? Another edition of the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPielli.com, by St. Aloysius Church in Jackson, New Jersey, by Two Ways, One Passion Food Truck located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. As advertised yesterday, I'm going to go over what I project to be the NFL quarterback situation in the year of 2022. I think there's going to be a handful of quarterbacks that are going to switch, but no more than a few. Um, As happens every year, there's going to be college quarterbacks that are drafted in the first round and they're going to be inserted in the team's starting lineups. Don't let the Mel Kuypers or the people associated with college football confuse you and make you think that this isn't going to be a big quarterback draft this year. Are these quarterbacks going to be stars? Are these quarterbacks going to be the next uh, Trevor Lawrence or the next Andrew Luck or the next Peyton Manning or the next Y.A. Tittle or the next Otto Graham? next Tom Brady? I don't know. Probably not. But teams are going to build into the same trap like they do every single year. There's going to be needs for quarterbacks. Teams are going to need somebody. And the research is going to go into how some of these players are playing. Whether it's a Kenny Pickett at Pittsburgh, a Matt Coral at Mississippi, Carson Strong from Nevada, a Malik Willis from Liberty. These are all quarterbacks that are going to get drafted, if not in the first round, within the first couple rounds. And within that, it's going to be an expectation that they're going to play or at least play a role as far as being a starting quarterback in the National Football League. So we'll get to that in a little bit. I did want to start out and give a little kudos to the Cleveland Cavaliers. They, they played a game last night. And like I said, this isn't a, a recap show. This isn't about what just happened. But I like to make points that happen over the course of sometimes individual games. And the Cavaliers pretty much decimated by injuries without their almost entire starting lineup gave the Brooklyn Nets a good fight. In fact, their secondary and tertiary players played pretty well when it came to going up against the Durants and the Hardens and the, the, the tough you know, high-paid, high-talented players on the Brooklyn Nets roster. And this is a team that I think once their players get back, once the Colin Sextons and the Jared Allens and, of, of course, Evan Mobley, who is going to be out for a couple weeks, you can make a case that Evan Mobley has already cemented himself as the Rookie of the Year in the National Basketball Association. So you get this guy back, you get Sexton back, you get Laurie Markin in back and Jared Allen back, and all of a sudden, the Cavaliers got a rotation of maybe eight to nine players. Kevin Love hasn't played that well. Isaac Okoro, I think, shows some promise. He, he looks like a rotation player down the road. And then there's, there's some other players that are getting minutes that probably won't be when the regulars get back. Uh, obviously, Ricky Rubio has kind of emerged as the player that the NBA thought he would be when he was first drafted by the Minnesota Timberwolves. He, he's scoring 20, 30 points a game. 
as a six man, as a bench player for the Cavaliers while they had Darius Garland and Sexton available, uh, you can make a case that Rubio is probably a starter now. And the Cavaliers will have to make a choice between Sexton and Garland. Listen, Garland takes a lot of shots. I mean, from what I've seen, you know, it doesn't have necessarily the greatest field goal percentage, but I think he has some promise. And maybe the Cavaliers have to make a decision between Garland and Sexton going forward. And I think having Rubio here, this will be a player that I would sign long term. I'd add to, you know, a two, three year deal on top of his contract. As far as being a, a building piece of this team that I think is getting themselves in the best position it has since LeBron James left. And because of that, I think there's some promise in Cleveland. For that, I'm excited. So that was point number one today. Next point, I want to address the Rex Ryan commentators situation. Because I think it's very easy to look and say Rex Ryan said this about the Jets coach Robert Sala. But you got to understand that Rex Ryan isn't sitting on his couch right now throwing out some random comments when it comes to uh, some reporter. He's not giving somebody a story. He's getting paid to give commentary on what he sees when it comes to the National Football League. And does he have passion? Does he have passion towards the Jets? Absolutely. And he is going to give his commentary as a former New York football Jets head coach. And he did that. And he said some unfavorable things about Robert Sala. But this is from his position or his job that he's getting paid for as a commentator. So I don't have any issue with that. Listen, you could judge Rex Ryan. You could talk about what he was as the head football coach of the Jets. Maybe he won you know, within his first couple years, the two AFC championship games with Eric Mangini's players. It's possible. I mean, you could have that take. I, I'm i not going to fight you on it. You know, what did he do afterwards? The Jets kind of went down the hill. They, they weren't very good, and they haven't been good since. They weren't good under Todd Bowles. They weren't good under Adam Gates. And to this point, they haven't been good under Robert Sala. I think it's more of an organizational thing. I don't think coaching is going to determine whether you know the team wins or loses. But Rex Ryan's major point that he went after Robert Sala for is kind of that extra over-the-top kind of being a little bit of a dick. You know, Rex Ryan says, hey, when I was a coach, I could be a little bit of an asshole. I could be a little bit tough on my own players because I demand a lot out of them and I expect a lot out of them. And I want them to be a little crazy on the field. I want them to do... Uh, you know, unbelievable things. And it's not that Robert Sala doesn't, but that was Rex Ryan's critique. But because it's Rex Ryan, it's going to get a lot more national attention. You need to understand, and hopefully you do, that Rex Ryan's getting paid as a commentator to talk about football. And if the Jets are a topic, he's got every right to opine when it comes to talking about the current state of the Jets, and he wants to, if he wants to add some uh, opinions about the current head coach and maybe things that he could suggest that he could do better, that's what he's getting paid to do. So to make this out like Rex Ryan was uh, just running his mouth, I don't think he was in the wrong here. Now, once again, and how many times do I say this? The one person that needed to shut his mouth was. 
the family member, the brother of the coach that nobody knows. He needed to shut his mouth. He needed to shut his mouth like LeVar Ball needed to shut his mouth. He needed to shut his mouth like Odell Beckham Sr. needed to shut his mouth. Nobody cares about those people. The only reason that anybody knows who they are is because Robert Sala's brothers got a brother that is a pro football head coach. Odell Beckham Sr. has got a son that's a wide receiver in the National Football League. LaVar Ball has a couple sons that play in the National Basketball Association. If it wasn't for that, nobody would know who the hell they are. And they'd be better for it. Nobody needs to hear the opinion of a family member, of a coach, or a player. Nobody gives a shit. It's useless commentary. So anytime a family member steps up and feels like, oh, I got the right to talk because I have a family member that plays or coaches in professional sports, it's unvalued commentary. And you know what? If you want to be like a Ben Verlander, go get a job with Fox Sports. You know what? He got a job there. He's getting paid. His opinion is worth a lot more than that of Robert Sala's brother. His opinion is worth a lot more than Odell Beckham Sr.'s. His opinion is worth a lot more than LeVar Ball. And you can say LeVar Ball has tried very hard to market himself and maybe take advantage of the fact that his sons play in the National Basketball Association and maybe become something on a national level. I, listen, I still don't buy it. This is, this is somebody that's living vociferously through their children. And you know what? If it wasn't for their children, they wouldn't have this form. They wouldn't have this spotlight. They wouldn't have this opportunity. So that's it on the Rex Ryan, Robert Sala thing. Hopefully the Jets get it together because if you think about it, this is a team that has a depleted roster. I don't think they have any idea what they want to do with the quarterback position. And their defense, which is supposed to be a little bit of a strength, hasn't looked that good. They've given up 40-plus points in three of the last four weeks. And I think this is a roster that's going to be under construction for at least the next offseason. I think there's a lot of players that are playing for the New York football Jets that probably won't be playing for them next year. Will they be in the league? Sure. And I'm sure some of them will prosper in other other places and other environments. But the Jets are going to go through a major overhaul and blame it on the coach. The coach has been here for five minutes. I think is a little silly. You know, Adam Gase looked over and basically dictated what this roster was going to be over the past couple seasons and ran it into the ground. And it, like I said, it's not like Todd Bowles did any better. It's not like Rex Ryan did any better before that. But the coaches that are there are given a little bit too much in regards to roster construction. Joe Douglas, the general manager of the Jets, needs to take control and say, hey, this is my team and this is exactly what I'm going to do with it. Until then, the Jets are going to be a dumpster fire. They are right now. Like I said, Joe Flacco, who's going to quarterback the team next week. You know, this is maybe a last chance to see if he's got anything left. Maybe he wants to play another year after this year, or maybe this will be proof that he should hang it up. The guy won a Super Bowl. The guy had a pretty good career as a quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. You know, maybe he's just going to give his his farewell here, 
And maybe he helps the Jets. Who knows? You know, Mike White had that game where he threw for four touchdowns. Maybe Joe Flacco's got a game like that in himself, too. So the meat of what I wanted to talk about is something that I've been thinking about for the last couple months. And when it comes to the pro football NFL quarterback situation, I've said that there's teams that have quarterbacks that shouldn't be starters. Perhaps there's teams that have quarterbacks that should be starters or at the very least should get a chance that are coming off the bench and aren't the QB1s right now. And like I said, every year we're going to get this extra hype that there's going to be quarterbacks of the future available in each one of these drafts. Now, like I said, don't let the nonsense right now fool you. You're hearing, oh, maybe there's not a first-round draft talent when it comes to quarterbacks. By the time draft day comes, there's going to be a quarterback going in the top five. There's probably going to be multiple quarterbacks going in the top ten. And it's not because the quarterbacks, as we look at them right now, are going to get any better in December and January than they are right now. It's because there is a need for the position. The NFL is looking for quarterbacks. The NFL wants to breed quarterbacks. The NFL needs more quarterbacks. And there's teams that are going to look at that as a necessity, especially the ones that seasons start to fall apart. You know, the the 2 and 10 teams, the 2 and 12 teams are going to start to think, "Hey, I don't know if the quarterback that we have is the right person for the future." Usually the coach is the first to go, and after that the, is the quarterback. You need a coach and you need a quarterback to win in the National Football League. Now, some teams, you know, maybe if it's a Jacksonville that's, you know, 2 and 12 or 2 and 13, they know who their quarterback's going to be. Trevor Lawrence is going to be their quarterback in the future. The Detroit Lions, I'll tell you this, they got Jared Goff by trading Matthew Stafford to get some draft picks. I'm pretty sure that they would be happy to start a new quarterback next year in the National Football League. So there's a handful of teams that you know are going to go back to the same QBs that they had last year. And I'll read them off real quick. And we'll talk about where we are in regards to numbers when it comes to the totality of the 32 teams in the National Football League. Pat Mahomes is going to be back in Kansas City. Tom Brady, I'm saying, is going to be back in Tampa Bay. Josh Allen in Buffalo. Russell Wilson in Seattle. Justin Herbert in Los Angeles. Derek Carr with Oakland. Dak Prescott with Dallas. Matthew Stafford with the Rams. Matt Ryan will be back with Atlanta. Kyler Murray will be back in Arizona. Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. And by the way, no particular order here. We're not, we're not ranking them. We're not saying, hey, any quarterback's better than any other. These are just facts. These are quarterbacks that are expected to be behind center for their respective teams for the 2022 National Football League season. Trevor Lawrence will be back with Jacksonville. Daniel Jones with the Giants. Zach Wilson with the Jets. Mac Jones with New England. And then after that, you have some uncertainties. And maybe within individual markets, if you want to talk about Philadelphia, Chicago, Indianapolis, Cleveland, there may be some different sediments. But I think there is uncertainty as far as not being 100% of a guarantee 
that Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, Carson Wentz, and Baker Mayfield will return to their respective clubs next year. Now, there will need to be a trade. I think, especially in Philadelphia and Chicago's situation and stance, I think they want to ride Hurts and Fields. And I think you've seen enough promise out of those two quarterbacks to think that they could play in the National Football League. But I don't think it's a 100% guarantee that these teams are going to unequivocally give the two quarterbacks the jobs next year. And like I said, the same thing I feel about Wentz in Indianapolis and the same thing I feel about Baker in Cleveland. Now, could one of these teams draft a potential successor? Could they say, oh, well, you know, maybe I don't think these quarterbacks are first-round talents, but I see that there's promise. I see that maybe we'll bring somebody in to, to be a challenge. I think I think those are possibilities, but I would stop short of saying Hurts, Fields, Wentz, Mayfield are 100% guarantees. I got the feeling, and this is the Passball Show reporting, so if I turn out to be right, I'll say, hey, look, I was right about that one, but I don't have any inside information. I could see Big Ben walking after this year. Listen, he, he's outplayed Rivers. He outplayed Manning, two quarterbacks that were taken in the same draft as him. He's, he's not the same. He doesn't move around as well. He is battling injuries. It'd be, nice, it'd be good for him to walk away. But that being said, who am I? Or who is anybody in the National Football League, even the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Mr. Rooney, and Mike Tomlin, to tell Ben Roethlisberger that he is to do that? I believe Big Ben has got a job in Pittsburgh if he wants it next year. My guess is that he's going to walk away at the end of the season. So that leaves a handful of teams that are going to be looking for quarterbacks. Before I say that, I'm going to declare the two quarterbacks that are sitting with the expectation that they will be starting next year will be starting next year. So that's Trey Lance in San Francisco, Jordan Love in Green Bay. So I'm declaring that. The 49ers took Trey Lance as the third overall pick in this this particular draft because they expect him to be the quarterback of the future. Jimmy Garoppolo is here this year. Jimmy Garoppolo won't be here next year. And, of course, we know about the saga and Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. They drafted Jordan Love two years ago. Aaron Rodgers flipping out over it. He's pissed off because they didn't get a wide receiver or he didn't draft, they didn't draft somebody in the first round that was going to help the Green Bay Packers win a championship last year. He went all diva. And now this is probably the last dance in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers won't be back with the Packers next year. So you got Love starting for Green Bay. You got Lance starting for San Francisco. And that means you have the two incumbent quarterbacks, Rodgers and Garoppolo, which will be playing for another pro football league team next year. Another quarterback that will be playing for somebody else next year is somebody that does not want to be in the spot that they're in. And likely... The legal situation surrounding Deshaun Watson will be finished, concluded, and addressed by then. So Deshaun Watson is going to be a quarterback that will be playing for another team next year. And we'll start out with the likeliness of where Deshaun Watson is going to go. And I'm not breaking any news when I'm, I'm talking about this right now. 
Deshaun Watson will be playing with the Miami Dolphins next year. And I think the best time for the Dolphins and the Texans to make a trade is this offseason. Obviously, the trading deadline passed, so there's no way anything could happen before then. But it works out. Like I said, number one, the legal situation with Watson is likely to be resolved by then. And you also have Tua Tagliavoa who was drafted just a couple years ago to be the quarterback, the starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. And you have an awkward situation there. And the expected package of what it's going to cost to send Watson to Miami may not include Tagliavoa going back. So the thought of having Watson on the roster, facing suspension or being inactive with Tua starting is going to create an un- I don't know, an unhealthy, a kind of a weird situation. So it's best that they wait for the offseason, which obviously they have no choice to do but right now. So I got Watson going to Miami. Um, Where's Tua end up? I think Tua will fetch a decent return, certainly not a return that Watson is going to get from the Houston Texans, for the Houston Texans. But I, I could see a team like Carolina dipping back in the quarterback market. They feel like maybe they failed with Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold didn't come through this year. They may be done with Sam Darnold already. And I think Cam Newton is coming back next year. Maybe not as a starter. But I could see the Carolina Panthers bringing two in. Maybe trading a first-round pick. Maybe trading a, a multiple picks to the Miami Dolphins. Maybe helping them recoup a little bit of what they lost when they have to give the fortune that they have to give to the Texans for Deshaun Watson. So I could see Tua in Carolina. Now, where does that leave the Houston Texans? We'll talk about that in a little bit. The the one that we want to hear about the most, the one that's going to get the most attention, the one that's going to be the most part of this coming offseason is where is Aaron Rodgers going to go? And think about it. The ESPNs, the NFL networks, even the major networks, you know, Fox and CBS, they're going to be reporting daily on where Aaron Rodgers is going to end up. Hopefully this doesn't become another decision thing. This doesn't become another LeBron James. Is he going to join Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade or is he going to go to any one of another number of other teams? I hope there is a definitive closure when it comes to where Aaron Rodgers is going to end up. The perfect fit I have for him, and I think he'll win a Super Bowl there, is with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this is why I preface by saying, hey, Big Ben's going to walk away this year. And like I said, it's up to him. If he wants to play, I'm sure he's got a job in Pittsburgh. If he doesn't have a job in Pittsburgh, there's somebody, let's say like the the Indianapolis's of the world that picked up Phillip Rivers, there's a team out there that's going to do the same and bring Big Ben in if he feels like he has something left. I'm assuming he's walking away, and that's going to open the door for the Steelers to swoop in, snag Aaron Rodgers, and then probably win themselves a Super Bowl with Mike Tomlin as the head coach. So I think that would be a great, obviously a great fit for Rodgers, a great coup if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you know what? All you keep hearing is that the Steelers don't have the air apparent for Ben Roethlisberger. You know, who is Mason Rudolph? This is not a a, a player that could be a franchise quarterback. Yeah, they brought in Dwayne Haskins. 
you know, he's been at nothing but a disappointment since he's, since he's joined the National Football League. Where's the next Big Ben? I don't think the Steelers have to do that. Steelers can let Ben walk away when he's done, and then they could go out there and get Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, you go from Big Ben to Aaron Rodgers, there's no progression plan, there's no succession plan. You know, this isn't the Green Bay Packers where, you know, the Favs are worrying about the next Rodgers and the Rodgers are worrying about the next love. Steelers cut the cord with Ben and bring in Aaron Rodgers. That's what I see happening. Where does Jimmy G end up? I think a great place for him would be New Orleans. Sean Payton as the head coach. Uh, I think he could run a a ton of great plays that could still involve Taysom Hill. Um, Maybe he wants to keep another quarterback there to back up Jimmy G in case of injury. But I think this is a place where Garoppolo can succeed. And I think Sean Payton can work with this quarterback and get the most out of him. So I think that would be a great fit in New Orleans for Garoppolo. Then I got one, two, three, four. Four teams, right? One, two, three, four. Yeah, that don't have a starting quarterback, or at least I haven't addressed their starting quarterback situation. I got Denver. I got Houston. We got Washington. We got Detroit. Guess what? All four of those teams, and you heard it here first. I'm predicting this here on the past ball show will have rookie starting quarterbacks in the 2022 season. Now, maybe they may have a strong backup. Maybe they may have a veteran in there that might start right away. But I think Denver is going to draft Carson Strong out of Nevada. In the first round? Hey, maybe. We'll see. But I think they're going to move on from Teddy Bridgewater. I think they think that they're going to get quarterback fever. You know how certain women that haven't had a child yet or maybe have had a child and want to have another one, get baby fever. I think the Denver Broncos are going to get quarterback fever. They're they're going to do their research, and it's going to take them to Nevada and to Carson Strong, and he will be the Broncos quarterback next year. The Washington football team, they're going to need a starting quarterback, and they're going to go to the University of Pittsburgh, and they're going to draft Kenny Pickett. And he, he has a lot of... Abilities that I think will help this team, and I think the the football team is going to decide. Hey, you know, we made a mistake with Haskins. Let's do our research, and maybe the research is right, maybe it's wrong, but it's going to lead them to Pickett. They're going to take Pickett, and he's going to be their starting quarterback next year. The Detroit Lions are going to get themselves Matt Coral from Mississippi, and Coral really seems like if you're going to take one quarterback and say that he could be a franchise quarterback down the road, if not right away, it would be Coral for Mississippi. So I think the Lions may not take him with the number one overall pick, or maybe they do. Maybe by draft day, the quarterback fever has or you know risen to a ridiculous level, and the Lions are thinking about taking Coral number one overall. That leads us with Houston, and I may be going on a reach, but this is a player that I've watched play, and I, I think he has pro football quarterback talent, and that's Malik Willis out of Liberty, and I think he'll be the quarterback for the Houston Texans next year. So you'll have four rookie quarterbacks, which will leave a record amount of solid at one point starting quarterbacks in the National Football League to be backups. And I'll run that list off before we conclude the show today. We'll start with Cam Newton, who I think will be back in Carolina. 
Now, the rest of the quarterbacks, I'm not going to give a team because I know this is going to be a little bit of a carousel. I think teams are going to look for certain quarterbacks over others based off of their uh, history of being a starter and ability to you know anchor a team. So I'm just going to run off players on this list. We'll start with Newton, Tyrod Taylor, Blake Gabbert, Geno Smith, Jared Stidham, Drew Locke, Jared Goff, Davis Mills, Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, Sam Darnold, Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, Colt McCoy, Case Keenum, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tyler Henneke, Marcus Mariota, Jacoby Brissett, Mike Glennon, Garden Minshew, Chad Henney, Trevor Simeon, John Wolford, Brandon Allen, Mitch Trubisky. And then also I'm going to add a couple more college quarterbacks that are going to be backups for teams next year. Sam Hartman out of the University of Wake Forest and Sam Howell out of the University of North Carolina. And oh yeah, I forgot four more. P.J. Walker, Mike White, Josh Rosen, and Dwayne Haskins. Now the last two, Rosen and Haskins, I think belong in this league. I think they belong as backups for respective teams. But they also have to earn it. You know, they haven't earned very much since they had that, you know, top 10 or top 15 draft status, you know, a couple of years ago. And obviously a couple more years when it comes to Rosen, have they necessarily gotten a chance? They have backup jobs in the National Football League, which you know you're one snap away from being under center and having that be your team. They have opportunities to earn it. This is the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPielli.com, by St. Aloysius Church in Jackson, New Jersey, by Two A's, One Passion Food Truck, located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. We'll be back with you next week. God bless you. And as always, I'll see you on the other side. During that stretch, when they won five games and lost three games, the games they lost, they scored zero, one, and three runs. A very good possibility that if Chris Bryant was on the Chicago Cubs roster opening day. I have many leather-bound books. My apartment smells of rich mahogany. How come you're only looking at a certain amount of money that gets rewarded to a particular franchise as we hit the halfway point here in the past ball show? Why don't you give it all or a majority of it to the team that wins the freaking World Series? I was going to listen to that, but then I just carried on living my life. I may come out as the biggest Major League Baseball manager apologist. And only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. Because hitters are going out there saying, I'm either going to hit a home run or I'm going to strike out. And if I don't get a pitch that I feel like I could drive out of the park. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Especially you prospect whores and hoarders are going to be a little pissed off at me when I say this. There are only two managers in baseball's Hall of Fame who have losing records. One of them is the iconic Connie Mack, who you could say, in spite of winning five World Series championships as a manager, could be in as much as a pioneer and Bucky Harris. side of the spectrum they're on. Were they pitching? Were they batting? If your favorite team was pitching and the ball got inside to hit a batter, there's no way it could have been on purpose. But if, if you were the fan of the team that was batting and the ball got inside and hit somebody or went behind somebody's head, absolutely 100% unequivocally, that pitcher was throwing at it. Well, we're going, we don't need. They put their 
between their legs and decided they're going to do exactly what they're told. He didn't do anything wrong in this situation. He took a pitch in the back. He got beat for crying out loud. 35 years ago, I could have loaned your parents the money for an abortion.